And we want you to know that you are among family and friends at Tree of Life Church. Let's give all of our guests a great big hand. For, thank you for being here. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. We, we pray that, that you will come and experience the love of God and that you will experience a healing touch for your mind, your body, your soul, your, your spirit. And we thank the Lord that he is in this place. I want to say we're very glad to have with us some guests from the Pentecostal churches of the Apostolic Faith, the Church of Jesus Christ, Washington, D.C., Bishop Leslie. Let's give our guests from our nation's capital a great big hand. God bless you. Amen. Amen. They listen in on the podcast and decide to come uh, while they were in the area for a visit. They're headed back home today, and we thank you for being here. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We're so glad to see Sister Bethany Malloy here from Cincinnati, but Millersport, Ohio. Amen. We love Sister Bethany and Brother Stephen Malloy, and they're doing a wonderful work for the Lord in Millersport. And, of course, she is homegrown right here from Cincinnati. This is Brother John and Sister Kim Wilson's uh, daughter and Bishop and Sister Buller's granddaughter. Most of you know that, but, but, uh, but some may not. But we're so glad to have Sister Malloy here. We thank God for the work of the Lord that this wonderful family is doing. Amen. And uh, we're very excited. We do want to tell you that tonight is going to be a, a different kind of service. It's going to be a time where the young people are uh, illustrating what has taken place this year in, in the uh, ministry of the youth department. We used to call it Pulse Rewind. But, but now that the Tree of Life Church Youth Department is called the Branch, it's called Branch Snapback. I like that. You know, I'm having a lot of fun with these puns and everything related to ministry. When you put puns and Pentecost together, you get Pentecost, and, and it's, you just don't know. The Lord can move through in, in, in mysterious ways. Amen. I'm reading today from the book of Psalms, and I'm going to be reading from Psalm 24. And I want to read uh, a couple of verses of Scripture from Psalm 24 and it simply says this lift up your heads O ye gates and be ye lift up you everlasting doors and the king of glory shall I love when the Bible says shall the king of glory shall come in who is this king of glory the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Oh, hallelujah. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. And I just want for a few moments to preach to you on this subject. The Lord is mighty in battle. Hallelujah. The Lord is mighty in battle. Glory to God. Could we just lift up our hands to the Lord, ask Him to bless the remainder of this service, to bless His Word as it goes forth. I pray, Lord, that Your Word would have free course in this house. I pray that You will cause Your Word to reach into the hearts and the minds of every hearer. Lord, that we may receive it, that we may understand it, that we may grow from it. I pray, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, that You would help us through Your Word to be healed, to be delivered. To be set free, O oh God, from any captivity that the enemy would try to impose upon us. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your word and give you praise. I ask for an anointing in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. When I was in Israel, there was a statement made. It was during the Arab Spring. You may recall a time just a couple of years ago, a few years ago, where that the Arab nations were beginning to rise up 
against some of the uh, regimes that, that had been in power. And we saw various forms of uprising throughout, the, throughout some of the Arabic nations. This was five, six years ago, seven years ago. I was in Israel shortly thereafter. And while we were there, uh, there was an incident that occurred uh, that caused one of the members of our tour to, to be a little bit concerned because uh, she seemed to be mistreated because she was wearing a Star of David pennant. And uh, when asked, when she asked our tour guide, the guide said, well, you know, uh, there are people who are lifting their heads during the Arab Spring. And he said there's a lifting up of their heads uh, during this Arab Spring because there is, there is a feeling of revolution that has permeated the, the Arabic world at that time. And it had, it had come into Israel in the, in the context of the Israeli-Palestinian uh, challenge. And so he said this there is a lifting of the heads. And so I, I heard that and I, I said, may I ask you what you mean the lifting of the heads? Because I've heard that before. The scripture describes the lifting of our heads. And the, as a matter of fact, the scripture says that the Lord is the lifter of our head. There may be somebody here today who's having trouble lifting your head. Maybe something has weighed you down. Maybe something has caused you a, a, a stress and a distress that has caused you to let your head hang low. Anybody ever heard the term, lift your head, square your shoulders, keep your chin up. When they tell you to keep your chin up, they're telling you to lift your head. Because there is, there is an emboldening that is, that is found in the context of lifting one's head. The guide said back to me, he said, when we... In the Middle East, when you talk of lifting your head, you're talking about emboldening, being emboldened, being made confident. So when I re read the word of the Lord that tells me to lift my head, because there's a king of glory that shall come in. When I read my Bible that tells me, lift up your heads, O ye gates, be ye lift up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, you everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Oh, hallelujah. So to the heads that hang low, may I say to you today, lift up your heads. To those whose countenance has fallen, may I say to you, lift up your heads. To those who feel like hope is beyond them, may I say to you, lift up your heads. You say, but I don't know that my circumstances have changed much. I don't know that my, my situation has improved any. But we're not talking about your circumstances. And we're not talking about your situation. We're talking about the Lord of hosts. We're talking about the King of glory. And I want you to know that if you will lift up your heads, and if you will lift them up unto the Lord, this King of glory shall, it is a promise. It's not a might, mighta, coulda, woulda. It's a promise from God that this King of glory shall come in. He is the Lord, and He is strong, and He is mighty. And I love to preach about the strength and the might of God. I love to talk about how great He is. And as soon as we open the word of the Lord, the first thing we understand is the greatness and the strength, the might, the power of Almighty God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now we can talk a lot about inventors and we can talk about innovators, but there's no inventor like our God. And there's no innovator like our God. He spoke into nothing and made something out of it. 
Hallelujah. The Bible says that, that darkness was upon the face of the deep and the earth was without form and was void, but the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And merely by saying, let there be light, there was light. God said, let the seas be gathered together. And simply by saying, let the seas be gathered together, the seas began to be gathered together. It came forth from his mouth because great and mighty is the Lord. He is strong. The Bible calls his name, his name, not just him, but his his very name is a strong tower. The strength and the might of God is unquestioned. When you look at the word of the Lord, Psalm 24, the beginning of this psalm, the writer says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded the earth upon the seas, and he hath established the earth upon the floods. You and I cannot comprehend the strength and the power and the might of God. Psalm 93. The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also established that it cannot be moved. Thy throne is established of old. Thou art from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters. Yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. Thy testimonies are very sure. Holiness becometh thine house O Lord, forever. He is great. He is mighty. He is strong. Oh, hallelujah. I don't preach to you a weak God. I preach to you the strongest of any force you can imagine. I do not preach to you a lame duck God. I preach to you a God that is more relevant than anything you've ever known and that will never change. He has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, hallelujah. He said, I am the Lord and I changeth not. Oh, hallelujah. There is no equal to his power. There is no superior to his sovereignty. He is the Lord of glory. He is not just a king. He is the king of kings. He is not just the Lord, but he is the Lord above lords. Every principality and every power is subdued under him. I came to magnify him in case you haven't noticed. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know if I'm going to preach as much as I'm going to praise. I just came to lift him up today because great and mighty is the Lord. Well, but Pastor, I, you might have come to praise, but I need you to preach because I've got some circumstances I'm dealing with. Then let me preach to your circumstances. Listen, circumstances, great and mighty is the Lord, and He's greater than your circumstances, and He's mightier than the thing you face. Oh, Hallelujah. So I'm going to lift Jesus up higher than the fear you've been facing. I'm going to lift Jesus up higher than the addiction you've been battling. I'm going to lift Jesus higher than the relationship you've been struggling with. I'm going to lift Jesus higher than the doubt that's been haunting you. I'm going to lift Jesus higher than the heresy that's trying to deceive you. I'm going to lift I'm going to lift Jesus higher. Higher. And if we will lift him up. He will draw all men unto him. Oh, bless his name. Great and mighty is the Lord. Strong and mighty. Who is? 
this king of glory. The Lord, strong. The Lord, mighty. He is the king of glory. Oh, hallelujah. But the scripture says he is not just strong and mighty. But he is mighty in battle. There is a difference between being strong and mighty and being mighty in battle. Oh, hallelujah. There are some who claim to be strong and they claim to be mighty. But when the battle begins, listen, I don't, ju- I don't need a God that can just flex his muscles. I need a God who can show up in my battlefield. I'm not preaching to you about a God who can just make the sun to shine. I'm preaching to you about a God that can be your light in the darkness. I'm preaching to you about a God who can illuminate the path you walk. Hallelujah. Some folks say, I believe in God. I just don't believe he has anything to do with us today. They say he's like a clockmaker that just winds the clock and then lets the clock begin to tick. That's not the God I'm preaching to you. We have not an high priest which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Our high priest knows what it's like to be a man. Our high priest knows what it's like to suffer. Our high priest knows what it's like to face fear and to face death. And thankfully, our high priest knows what it's like to put death under his feet. He knows what it's like to trample the lion and the adder under our feet. He's not just strong and mighty. He's mighty in battle. He doesn't just, he doesn't just pack on the, the muscle, but he can take that muscle that power that strength that might he can take that wisdom that knowledge he can take that glory into the battle with you oh hallelujah there are the bible says he's the king of glory now 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 you got to be you got to be careful because we don't have we don't have an earthly manifestation of what that means there is no king who has adequately enough depicted the glory of the king of kings. There is none who can be like him. The Bible says, who is like unto the Lord? There is no one like unto the Lord. So when we call him king, we can't even really conceptualize what it is that we're trying to say when we say he is our king. The Bible describes different kings. There's two books called kings. God allows for the position of king. And it is when a king is honorable, he can truly, or she, queen, they can truly depict the way that God would would rule and reign. And so when there's righteousness in a nation, it it exalts a nation. But but when there is corruption, it, it, it it, it, it taints the view of God. So when a king in the scriptures would 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 walk in the path of God, his nation would prosper. And would flourish. But when he would depart from the things of God, his nation would suffer and would falter. The Bible describes different kings. One that comes to mind is the man named Ahab. Ahab was a king. He, you, you, you may have heard of Ahab. You might have heard of his wife. His wife's name is Jezebel. And Ahab was a, a wicked king. And he, he did not follow after the ways of God. Now he had the power of a king. He had the might of a king. He had the strength of a king. He was at war with Syria. And the Bible says that that while Ahab was was dealing with this this matter of dealing with Syria, he was going to go up and, and try to conquer them. But the Bible says that he wanted to ask of the the prophets whether he should do this thing or not. And so one prophet after another was a false prophet. And these prophets, one after another, came forward and said, you go, you go up and you fight, and God will deliver them into your hand. 
You got nothing to worry about. You got this. You go, man. You are the man. Nothing's going to hold you back. Nothing's going to. And they were all lying. Later we find out that a lying spirit, the Lord actually was looking for a way to bring Ahab to his destruction because of his wickedness. And the Lord said, who will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouths of the prophets? So as to pull Ahab into battle because he's such a wicked king. And so the Bible describes the Lord sending a strong delusion. And in this case, the Lord was, was done with Ahab. He was going to pronounce judgment in the form of luring him into this battle. And so one prophet after another stood up and said, you're going to make it. You got this. Nobody better. You're the man. And, and finally Ahab said, Okay, I've heard from all of them, and he was talking to Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Judah. He said, listen, he said, there's one guy here. I don't even want to bring him in because he's the only one who won't lie to me. He's never got a, he's never got a positive thing to say to me, but I know I can trust what he says because he's not going to lie to me. And so he said, but I don't want to bring him in. He said, well, who is it? He said, his name is M Micaiah. And I don't want Micaiah the prophet to come talk to me because Micaiah never has a, a promising word. And so he said, so go, I guess go send for him because I don't want to get up into this battle and then, and then die. So go send for Micaiah. And they went and got Micaiah. And when the guards came to Micaiah, the servants came to him and said, the, the king requests your presence. He, they said, now listen, he's asking you to give him a word about whether he should go up into this battle or not. So here's what we want you to do. We want you to tell him to go for it. Don't make him mad today. We know that you love to, to, to kind of go against the grain. We, love, we know you like to stir it up a little bit. But just tell him a good word for us, please. And Micaiah said, okay, so this is a rigged encounter with the king. He walks up into the king's throne room. And as he stands before him, the king said, okay, Micaiah, speak the word. And Micaiah said, Go up to battle and fight these people and you're going to win. Can I go now? And Ahab said, see, I knew you would do something like that. I can tell you don't mean what you're saying. I want you to tell me the truth. What will happen? And Micaiah said, you want me to tell you the truth? Yes, please tell me the truth. Okay, here's the truth. If you go up there, you're going to die. And all of these people that told you you weren't going to die are all overwhelmed with a lying spirit. Some of you are listening to words that are coming from a lying spirit. Some of you are receiving direction. Oh my goodness. Some of you are receiving direction in life from a lying spirit. Do you know that's why the Bible said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. It's not just that the ungodly might get it wrong here or there. It is that the ungodly are driven by a lying spirit. And the lying spirit is trying to lead you to your destruction. But God, who was ready to judge Ahab. God, who was ready to destroy. Destroy Ahab and allowed and asked for the lying spirit to be in the mouths of the prophets. Still gave him one last chance at mercy. Through Micaiah the prophet to give him the word of truth. And Micaiah said if you go up you're going to die. And all of these people that have been talking to you are possessed with a lying spirit. Hollywood is possessed with a lying spirit. say that again because some of you are pumping it into your house more than you are the Bible and you better be careful because that lying spirit is getting into your brain getting into your mind getting into your heart no wonder you think so badly of yourself no wonder you think so badly of the people around you no wonder you don't have peace no wonder you're always depressed no wonder you can't lift up your head you're listening to a lying spirit can I interrupt that wavelength this morning in Jesus name and say snap out of it God wants to give you a deliverance God What's to give you freedom? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Do you know what Ahab did? This strong king, this mighty king. Ahab said to Jehoshaphat, he said, listen, here's what we're going to do. 
you dress like me. I don't know what Jehoshaphat was thinking. Jehoshaphat was a righteous king, but he played too much. You might, you might walk the path, but you play too much. See, Jehoshaphat said, all right, I'll dress like Ahab and go into the battle. Are you kidding me? No, Ahab, you keep your stuff. I don't want to look like you when I just got a word from the Lord that, that you're going to die. And Ahab was strong and mighty, but he wasn't mighty in battle. When it came to the battle, he dressed like a normal soldier so that he would not attract attention. And he put Jehoshaphat in his in his garments so that they'd shoot him. And Jehoshaphat went along with it for some crazy reason. But Ahab is dressed like a normal soldier thinking that he could trick the, the, the providence of God. He went up into battle, found what he thought was a loophole, a way he was going to get around the word of truth in his life that never works. Don't try it. He died in battle because he wasn't mighty in battle. Saul did the same thing. This is one of the reasons why God just didn't have time for Saul. Saul was, he was not a man after God's own heart. David was a man after God's own heart because David was a man of valor. David was a man of courage. David was a man of, of honor. And Saul was not. The Bible says that when they came looking for Saul, he was hiding among the stuff. As a matter of fact, when Goliath was out stomping and pounding his chest and shouting to the top of his lungs that he would feed Israel to the fowls of the air. Send me a champion and I'll lay them waste in this valley of Elah. They went scrambling to Saul who was strong and mighty. He was stronger and mightier than any of the people in Israel. He was from his shoulders and upward higher than any man. But when it came time to fight the battle... When it came time to step out into the war zone, Saul was nowhere to be found. He said, I can't do it. We're going to have to find somebody else who can step out into this battlefield. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If your family is in a battle, this is not the time for you to retreat. This is not the time for you to turn back. This is not the time for you to throw in the towel. You need to be like the Lord and be mighty in this battle. Oh, lift up your heads, lift up your heads, lift up your heads, oh ye gates. Hallelujah. So Saul would not go into battle. That's when David stepped into the, into the equation and God honored him. But, but Saul was not mighty in battle. There's a difference between being strong and being strong in war. There's a difference between being mighty and mighty in battle. The Bible says that the Lord is a man of war. That's what the Bible says. He's a man of war. You know the scripture says that when he returns to this earth, that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. He's not going to send somebody else to rapture his church. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Do you know that when Armageddon is bursting open at the seams and the nations of the earth have gathered against Israel, that the heavens are going to open and one who is faithful and true is going to be riding on a white horse with a two-edged sword flaming coming out of his mouth with ten thousands of his saints behind him. God have mercy. He is the Lord and he's mighty in battle. He's going to do it. He's not going to delegate somebody. He's going to do it. Do you know when it came time to sacrifice for sin? When it came time to be a substitute for lost mankind's sin? It wasn't somebody else that did it. It was the Lord who did it. It was God who was manifest in the flesh. He's mighty in battle. See, the Bible says, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. There's an old song that says that. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God... Arise, 
Oh, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God, let God arise. My. Now I'm going to tell you how to let God arise. The way you let God arise is you let him arise as the number one priority in your life. That's how you let God arise. You're wondering why the enemies aren't scattering. The enemies aren't afraid of you because you've got so many priorities above God. But the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. But you've got so many things that come first, second, third, fourth, God, sixth, seventh, So the enemies are not scattering. Depression doesn't scatter. Fear doesn't scatter. Doubt doesn't scatter because you haven't let God arise. One thing that will keep your enemies at, at close at hand is a lack of repentance. You let God arise and be number one in your life by repenting from your sin. You got sin in your life. You've condoned it. You've continued in it. You've allowed it to fester. You've allowed it to become a part of your identity. And you wonder why you have an enemy that is not defeated. It's because the only way the enemies can scatter is if God arises. Come on, you got to let him get above all those other priorities. See, you've got, you've got career way above God. You've got money way above God. Come on, you've got relationships way above God. Some of you got the NFL way above God. Some of you got the NBA way above God. Some of you got personal ambition way above God. And so God's down here saying, if you'll let me, if you'll, if you'll lift up your heads, O oh ye gates, and be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors, I will come in and I'll be strong and I'll be mighty and I'll be mighty in battle. So you got to let God arise. You got to let God arise above career. You got to let God arise above relationship. You've got to let God arise above, hallelujah, your, your, the way that you see the world and the way that you've become accustomed to thinking about things. Let God arise. And when he is number one, the enemy scatter. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is fifth. Wait, what? Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is fourth. We're getting there. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is third. No, 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 no. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. If you believe in one God, you do well. The devils believe and they... Let me break that down for you because it says, Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and they tremble. So let me, let me just break that down for you because this is how we usually think about that. Hey, we know there's one God. I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. Of course, there's only one God. Amen. I worship one God. We lift up one God. But you got like eight of them. You've got like eight of them in your weekly schedule. You've got like eight of them in your marriage. You've got like eight of them in who you actually bow down to. So the devils don't believe you when you claim deliverance. Because you, don't, you, you, know, you know that in theory there is one God, but you're worshiping like ten of them. So, so, so if you believe in one God, You do well. And when you believe in one God, the devils believe you. The devils believe. See, you're in here, you're in here worshiping, and the devils don't believe you. I'll attack them as soon as they walk out the door. I'll attack them while they're sitting in their seat. I'll sit next to them and whisper stuff to them. 
I'm not afraid of them. I don't believe them. Are you kidding me? They'll go home today and worship gossip. They'll go home today and worship critical spirit. They'll go home today and worship doubt and fear. They'll go home today and worship a lying spirit. Do you hear what I'm telling you? But if you believe there's only one God, no, none of these other things have a throne in my life. None of these other, other things have any access or influence to my mind. I believe in one God. If you do that, then you are doing well. And that's when the devil's take you seriously that's when the devils tremble is when you believe hallelujah when you believe in one God and when you live like there's only one God and when you worship like there's only one God and oh I wish I could preach it and when you pray like there's only one God and when you love people like there's only one God The devils believe and they tremble. Oh, see, he's he's not just strong and mighty. He's mighty in battle. But when you have other priorities above God, that's who you take into your battle with you. And you wonder why in your battle you can't win. It's because you didn't take God into your battle. You took career into your battle. You took, you took love of money into your battle. You took lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh into your battle. You took pride of life into your battle. And then when the battle gets tough, they're not there. Ray Stevens used to sing a song called Blue Cyclone. Anybody ever heard of the Blue Cyclone? Yeah, see. Guess I'm going to have to preach on it. Blue Cyclone was a wrestler. Listen, you don't want to mess with a man named Blue Cyclone who gets paid to hurt people. And Ray Stevens said he took a buddy of his to a wrestling match. And when the, when the, when the bell rang, all chaos broke loose. And, and, and the, 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 the Blue Cyclone had the vulture put him in an airplane spin, then he body slammed him, then he did it again. And about that time, Ray Stevens' buddy threw a chair into the ring. And he said, he said, he, the cyclone was looking at us, rubbing his head and starting to cuss. He said, I figured we'd better start heading for the door. So he gets to the door and he tries to run out to the car and the blue cyclone is hot on his heels I don't think this is a true story, but just bear with me. His buddy beat him to the car, locked the doors. He gets to the door, and, and his buddy won't let him in. The, look, turned around, and the cyclone said, hey, pal, you forgot your chair. He said he body slammed me two or three times and broke my ribs, broke my arms, bro- put me in a body cast. Later, he decided I wanted revenge on the blue cyclone, so he called up his buddy, and his buddy said, man, I'm sorry about the way that happened. He said, when I shut the door, I must have shut it too hard because the door lock jammed. By the time I got free, he was gone, and it didn't go the way I planned, but, but he said, listen, I want to get revenge on the blue cyclone. He said, listen, I've got two guys that weigh 210. The four of us can take the blue cyclone. When they came to confront the blue cyclone, they walked up. And Ray Stevens said, hey, listen, Cyclone, remember me? I'm the fella you put to sleep. But as you can see, I'm not alone. He said, you see them two big dudes over there? And the Cyclone looked and said, over where? (laughs) Because they looked behind him and they was gone. That's the way all your priorities are. You're up against the blue Cyclone. And the blue cyclone isn't afraid of what you brought into the ring with you. The blue cyclone isn't afraid. The tornadic activity in your life, the problems that you're facing, is not afraid of what you're bringing into the battlefield. But if you'll lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors, the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. 
He is the king of glory and he's going to enter into your battle. He will show up with you in that courthouse. He will show up with you in that hospital waiting room. He will show up with you in the pre-op room. He will show up with you in that moment of dark despair he will come to you wherever you are and the Lord shall fight for you you shall hold your peace and the Lord will fight your battles hallelujah some of you bringing your personality into the fight your personality will get destroyed by the battles of your life some of you are bringing your best intentions and your good, your good nature. Your good nature, your best intentions are no match for the principalities and the powers that are coming against you, your family, your marriage, your mind. But if you'll let the Lord, hallelujah, arise as the number one, the one God of your life, he will fight for you. And he will win for you. Notice what the scripture says. The scripture says... Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come, here it is, in. See, your battles are not outside of you. They're inside of you. We believe that our battles are outside of us. The battles are not external to you. The battles are internal. It's all inside of you. Because it doesn't matter what the devil brings from the outside. He cannot win unless he gets an advantage on the inside. I can experience loss, but the only way that loss can have an advantage on me is if I let loss have an advantage on the inside of me. So yes, I will grieve, but I will not be defined by grief. Yes, I will weep, but, 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 but joy cometh in the morning. See, I will not let weeping overtake me. I will not let, hallelujah, the battle is on the inside. The king of glory shall come in. This is actually a prophetic reference to when people are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. And if you'll let him inside of you, that's where he's strong and mighty. And that's where he's mighty in battle. See, so many of you are trying to fight a fleshly battle and you're trying to use external things to fight your battles. They, they can't be fought externally because that's not where the battlefield is. The battlefield is right here inside of me. It's doubt that's inside of me. It's fear that's inside of me. I'm no match for these things. So I need the Lord who is mighty in battle to step into my life. To step in to my life. How many human beings do we have in this house this morning? Just scream. I could see just a hand. So wave your hand at me if you're not. Not everybody's waving their hand. I'm starting to get nervous. So. If you're a human being, you have internal battles. If you're a human being, you have internal struggles. If you're a human being, you know what it's like to wrestle with fear and you know what it's like to wrestle with depression and you know what it's like to wrestle with doubt and you know what it's like to wrestle with feelings that you know are not godly. But they're there anyway. You can't win that battle. You have to lift up your heads. Why would I lift up my head? I have nothing to be have confidence for. Yes, you do. The Lord is strong and mighty. Yes, you do. The Lord is mighty in battle. You do. You have, a, you have a reason to lift your heads. You have a reason, hallelujah, to have confidence. You have a reason to have boldness. But I stopped believing that my marriage can make it. Start believing again because the Lord is mighty in battle. If you think he's strong and mighty, you just wait till you see him in battle. You wait till you see him as a man of war stepping into your circumstances. Hallelujah. If you think creating the sun and the stars and the moon and the lightning and the thunder and the winds and the waves, if you think that was awesome, you wait till perfect love casts out fear. You wait till he tramples your sorrow and turns it to joy. 
Hallelujah. I want somebody right now to lift your hand and praise the one God, the only God, the living God, the true God. Come on, lift up your hands and praise the one true living God. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody. I want you to praise him who is one. Praise him who is one. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, church. Let God arise. Let God arise. Let him arise above your opinions. Let him arise above your fear. Let him arise. Let him arise. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord in this house. Could you just stand with me right now in the presence of God? Hallelujah. Let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you. You have idols. You don't know that they're idols. But they know they're idols. And God knows they're idols. You think because you have labeled yourself and others label you a Christian. That you have no idols in your life. Can I tell you that any one of us at any time could have an idol without knowing it. And when we have an idol, we have put that idol before God. You say, no, I haven't. Because I, I mean, it might have an idol in my life. But, but God is the one I really love. I just worship this idol when I get afraid. I just worship this idol when I. No, see, God doesn't share his glory with another. No, you, you can't have God and that idol. I know you come to Sunday service and worship God. Who are you worshiping tomorrow? And who'd you worship yesterday? And what did you what did you worship Tuesday in? Because God doesn't share his glory with your idols. If you love money, you can't love God. can serve two masters. He will either love the one and hate the other. No. So it's not a matter of getting God to coexist with the other gods you favor and have grown dependent on. Listen, those gods cannot save you. Those gods cannot heal you. Those gods cannot deliver you. Those gods cannot hear you. Having eyes they see not. Having ears they hear not. There is one God. And he alone is worthy. Hallelujah. He alone is worthy. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I'm preaching to somebody right now who you've been in this battle and you've been fighting it on your own. And I'm trying to tell you, if you lift up your heads and be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors, he'll be mighty in battle for you. What battle are you fighting right now? What battle is it? You, you, you tell yourself. You don't have to tell me. But you tell yourself. And if you, if you know what battle you're fighting, I want you just to lift it up to the Lord right now. Physically, take your hands and lift that battle up to the Lord right now. Say, Lord, I need you to be mighty in my battle. Some of you are fighting sickness. Some of you are fighting sadness. Some of you are fighting insecurity. Some of you are fighting brokenness of heart. Don't get into a battle where, where, you've, where you've leaned on, on powers that won't have your back. Powers that don't have strength and might. But let the Lord, hallelujah, let the, let the Lord. Be mighty in your battle. 
Aleluia Aleluia See, when he comes down out of the heavens We're following him Ten thousands of his saints That's what the song means when it says Oh, when the saints go marching in Lord, I want to be in that number It's talking about that moment When he splits the eastern sky And he comes forth with this might and this strength And the man of war, the God of war Comes out of the heavens and fights the enemies of God's people You know where we are? We're behind him. We don't have to go ahead of him. We're safely behind him. Oh yeah, we got we got the word, we got the blood, we got the spirit, but we are positioned safely in the battalion of God. Why are you out in front of him right now? Some of you need to get back into place. Get back into place. You've gone out into your battle by yourself and you need, to, you need to say, God, I need you to step into this now. I need you to step into this now. Hallelujah. I want somebody right now to step down to the front of this place in the name of Jesus. And I want you to come down here as you say, Lord, I'm giving my battle to you. I'm giving my battle to you. I release my battle to you right now. Come on, you've been worrying, you've been fretting, you've been fearing. You've been weeping. You've been doubting. It's time to release all of it to the Lord right now. He's going to fight your battle for you. He's going to fight your battle for you. He's going to fight your battle for you. somebody bring your battle I know I know you came to bring your praise but I want you to bring your battle right now bring your battle bring your battle to the Lord That's it. Bring all of it to God right now. Bring all of it to God right now. What a beautiful name. What a wonderful name. What a beautiful name. The name of Jesus. Christ our King. Hallelujah. Lord, I can't. I can't fight this. I need you to fight this battle. Death could not hold you, the veil tore before you, you silenced the voice. 